Hello everyone. My name is Lisa McNeil. My son Jason McNeil is forever 25. He was murdered on October 7, 2017. The purpose of today's podcast is to talk about the resources that are available for victims of violent crime. But before I give that information, I would like to talk about some background knowledge why. Because I want to share a little bit of my story with you. One is because I like to talk. And two is I think it under, helps you understand where I'm coming from. So, um, my son was uh, born on July 1st, 1992. He came into this world by an emergency C-section because I had been extremely sick and I was losing weight. Instead of gaining weight, I had lost 11 pounds and was hospitalized for dehydration. While I was in the hospital, his father, my ex-husband, was also hospitalized. He was in a car accident. He had a parked semi-truck, and they had to use the jaws of life to get him out of the truck, out of the car. He ran into a parked truck. Before he ran into that truck, I had had a dream and told him he was going to run into the parked semi-truck. And he said, don't worry about it. So anyways, when Jason came into the world, he came in and he was very stressed out. And he had been wrapping his cord, his umbilical cord around his neck. So they did an emergency C-section. He also pooped in his sack, which is poisonous. So he swallowed the meconium. Now, I'm telling you guys this because... As a result of this, we went to live with his mother when my ex-husband was putting salt in tea and taking showers in his pajamas because his head injury, they had to enter a plate into his head and he was not well and he became very violent. So during this time frame, while we were living with his mother, my son's grandmother took out an insurance policy on him from the Gerber Life Insurance Company which later paid for his funeral. The only thing I had to pay for was his headstone, which I used my son's last check to pay for his headstone. But anyways, when my son came into the world, he was a very happy little boy. He appreciated life because he had such a difficult entrance. Um, like I said, he had been sw- he had swallowed his poop, so they did an emergency C-section. But he was very happy after that, you know, and I so appreciated my son. I I mean, I appreciated him. So anyways, he grew up through the years and I ended up divorcing his father because I didn't want my son to think that the violence his father had displayed because of his closed head injury had a cerebral contusion, which made him violent. And they had to insert a plate into his head. But kids don't understand that, so I had to get away from it. So and and that's what I did. I got away from it. And my son grew up with just me and him. My ex husband did remarry, so as far as I know, he's fine. He's well. Anyways, as the years went on, my son decided he didn't want to go to college because he didn't like school, which was fine with me because I don't think everybody's college material and it's like if you don't like college then don't bother going but I did expose him to college I took him around to the different universities so that he had the knowledge in case 
he did decide later he wanted to go, which eventually he did decide. One day I came home from work and he told me he had enrolled himself in college. That was two years post-graduation and I was so proud of him. So proud of him. But anyways, um, getting to the resources. The reason I want to talk about these resources is because I've had such a difficult time with the prosecutor's office lying to me, the police department lying to me, me not being aware of the resources. I do want to say that there's resources out there for people who have been victims of violent crime. state The state of Indiana, I know, gets $1,500 for um, people who don't have insurance or people who need help. Anyways, I know this because a friend of mine told me, but we didn't need this. My son had life insurance and his grandmother had taken... We went to live with his grandmother when my ex-husband was having his situation. And as a result of having lived with her, his grandmother, my my son's grandmother took out Gerber life insurance on him and she paid for that for the next 25 years. So for his funeral, the only thing I had to pay for was this headstone. The only thing I paid for was this headstone. I probably didn't even have to pay for that. But because my son had a check coming because he was employed, I took his last check and paid for his headstone. So if there's anybody out there that needs money, check with your state to see if they offer money. There are some websites I want to tell you guys about. I joined an organization called Parents of Murdered Children. And the website is POMC.org, which is an acronym for Parents of Murdered Children. It's a support system for people whose kids have been murdered. I've met some interesting people. They actually have a um, conference in Arizona that I'd like to go to. It's a yearly conference that they have. Um, It's in Arizona this year. It's in June or July. It's in June of this year in Arizona. And I'm actually supposed to be going with a friend of mine that I met through another teacher that I met in the program. But anyways, we're supposed to drive up to Arizona this year to go to that conference. There's also some other programs called, like, there's one called Compassionate Friends. It's www.compassionatefriends.org. And there's another organization that's called Crime Survivors for Safety and Victims' Rights. It's in California, and they have a Victims' Rights Week, which is coming up. I think it's in April. They have a survival uh, Survivors Speak virtual conference on April the 24th. Anyways, so these organizations are organizations that may help you. You may also want to choose to have a victim's advocate because I'm going to tell you, these court systems are very difficult to deal with in the prosecutor's office and the police departments. It's hard. It's really hard. Um, I'm not a person that I know me and I know what I need to do to in order to survive or to live. And I want to encourage people because I'm going to tell you something. There was a point in this process that I got so desperate that I didn't care if I lived or died. And what I did as a result of that, I went to dangerous places because I wanted to know who killed my son. And so I went over to the apartment complex where the guy was and hanging out. And I just hung out there and I tried to find this guy. 
knowing that it was a danger to my life. And I'm telling you guys this right now because you don't have to do that. There are organizations that will support you. But what my thing was, I'm going to go over here and I'm going to find out who killed my son. And if I get killed in the process, oh well, so be it. And so that was my attitude. I didn't give a fuck, to be honest, to be blatant blatantly honest, I went over there and I, maybe part of me, I had a subconscious mind of maybe death was the best thing for me. I don't know because I don't know why I did that. I never did run into the guys though, because I went over there wanting to find them. So, but anyways, I'm telling you this because you don't have to do that. There's organizations out there that you can turn to for support that will help you. So there's other organizations. Um, one that I want to talk about is Victim Connect. And these that organization helps people stay connected. It helps you create a ritual, maintain a routine, record thoughts and feelings. That was something that was real important to me. I needed to record, to write down my thoughts and my feelings. Um, I needed to think of ways to relax. I know for like the first six months, after my son's death, I could not listen to the radio in my car. So I didn't. I didn't turn the radio on. And the reason why, because music was a passion that we both shared. And so every time I would turn the radio on, um, it was very painful for me. So it's funny, though, that I think about this now because... My sister and I worked for the same company. We worked at an insurance company. And Cardi B was one of the songs, Bloody Shoes, that she that radio station used to play constantly. They played that song, and my sister always played that song. So I would always listen to it, and I would listen to it. And because I had no choice, my sister was playing on her radio, and I was in her car, so I had to listen to it. But anyways... Compassionate Friends, which is www.compassionatefriends.org, is another organization. I actually signed up for a church, and I went to meet with these people weekly. Um, it was a Compassionate Friends organization, and they this church was using this book, and we were working through the book. And to be honest, I absolutely hated the book. And the reason I hated it, it was because it was all this God stuff. And I'm a Christian, but I was very angry with God when my son got killed. And although I just turned around and said I was going to trust God, I still was mad at God because I didn't understand why he would allow this to happen. That was my only child. And I felt like God could have stopped it. So I went to these weekly meetings. And the only thing that saved me in those meetings were the people, not the context of the or of the meetings because we would go and we would talk about uh, different scriptures from the Bible and I didn't believe any of it but then it would be people in there that were very real and they'd say I'm not a Christian I came here because and they would share their stories and I could those stories I could relate to so I continued to go I went for about six weeks and it gave me an opportunity to meet with people who were experiencing the same pain that I was experiencing. And so I did that. Um, another thing I want to say is there's an organization called, um, 
Well, there's a law. I'm sorry. There's a law that I want to talk about. It's called Marcy's Law. Marcy was a student in California who was stalked and killed by her ex-boyfriend. Now, her law is extremely important. What the law states, what happened was her parents were in the store one day and they ran into the man that killed her. They didn't even know he had been released. So part of Marcy's law is that parents need to be, or people who are victims of violent crimes need to be notified upon the release date of the person who was accused of killing them. Because what happened was her parents ran into the man who murdered her in the grocery store. Can you imagine how frightening that would be? So anyways, they ran into him in the grocery store. And as a result of that, different states have laws about that. Or the prosecutor's office is expected to advise parents or people of family members when the murderers are released. Indiana, which is the state that I'm in right now, has not validated this law. This law was started in 2009. Marcy's brother um, had it started in California. You might want to check with your state because I'm going to tell you there's strength in numbers. And a lot of states have not validated this law yet. But some of the requirements are that they contact that the prosecutor's officer, public defenders, whoever contact people who are victims of violent crimes to let them know when the person that's accused of killing their loved one has been released. And that's a safety measure. So, but a lot of law, I mean, most states right now, their laws protect the criminals more so than they do the victims. And it's going to take strength and numbers for us to get this changed. And I'll tell you, because the guy that's accused of killing my son, I told the prosecutor's office I wanted to talk to him. He, they, she didn't say anything. So I called the jail that he was in, and they told me that the only way I could talk to him would be to write him a letter and request that he add me to his um, visitor's log which meant that I would have to expose to him my address, which I wasn't about to do, and some personal information about me in order for me to get on his um, visitation log. Because sometimes I wonder if the guy that actually killed my son, I look at him and I don't want to kill him. I actually feel sorry for him because I think he was set up. I think something's wrong with the guy that actually killed my son or that they're saying killed my son. And I think there's something else going on. But anyways, um, Marcy's Law, if your state does not have this law, you guys need to petition the court and see about getting it because it protects the victims of violent crimes. And again, I know the state of Indiana, this crime, this is not validated. So the prosecutor's office does not have to notify victims of violent crime when that personal person who's been accused of the crime has been released. So I could very well run into this person anywhere. Um, what else do I want to say? I want to say um, you should contact your senators or your state legislatures to see about getting this law enforced. Again, there is power in numbers. 
the week of April 19th, 2021, that is National Crime Survivors Week. And there's a lot of different um, programs going on for that. Um, is a, There's a Survivors Speak conference. It's a virtual conference because of COVID. And it's held the week of April 24th. So you might want to research that and find out about that as well. Please, please, please do not take matters into your own hands. Um, there's also advocates in the state. Like right now, there's an advocate in the state of Indiana who, because everything, excuse me, is virtual. And even the, though it's, because everything is virtual is what I want to say, that I don't attend the virtual conferences. I went to the first one. I went to two of them, and they're actually for the attorneys only, but I went in anyways, and the judge knew I was there, and they, they didn't say anything, but they were so they were compassionate in that manner, but they were making jokes, and it was like really dysfunctional, and they were talking about real estate, and I was very offended, so I didn't go to any of the other conferences, but there's a victim, victim's advocate and she goes to all of them and I will reach out to her like after each conference and she'll tell me when the conferences are scheduled because right now because of COVID they're, they can do pre-trial conferences on the Zoom. However, once the trial starts, they cannot do conferences on Zoom. So she will give me feedback as to when the next pre-trial conference is. And if I decide to go in, I just go in, but most of the time I don't want to go in because it's very chaotic. But anyways, she gives me feedback as to when the conferences are, and she's supposed to actually be a support system for my son, but outside of her giving me that information, I haven't found any of their services to be beneficial. What I want to say to you is please, 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 please. Do not take matters into your own hands. Um, look for help because we are cope incapable. I know. I don't know about you guys, but I know that I was incapable. One is because I actually um, put my life in danger by go going to look for these people. I mean, I went to look for them and didn't care, you know, what happened. Um because I wanted to know who murdered my son. And that's probably, I mean, that's not the safest way to go about this. So there's places out there and people out there that will help you. Don't be afraid to ask for help because this is a very complicated, complex situation. So I've never, ever, ever in my life been afraid to ask for help um, because I know that I'm either going to sink or swim and I don't plan on sinking because my son needs me to make sure that justice is served on the person that murdered him. And I can't do that if I sink. I can't do that from a jail cell. If I get on the same level that his murderer's on, more than likely I'm going to end up in the jail cell with him. So, but anyways, I wanted to say that there's organizations that will help pay for funerals. There's organizations with support systems. Please don't be afraid to ask for help because you can get the help you need without going down the wrong path. This is a very complex situation. Um, 
we can't expect our families to bear the burden because most of the time they're not equipped to handle our situations and they don't really know what to do. That's what I found with my own family. I mean, there was only so much I could tell them and so many times I could talk to them and then it was like overload for them because nobody wants to be associating with somebody who's sad all the time or somebody who they feel that they're going to put their life in danger by going after these people. Um, that was another story for me because I like didn't care, you know, I didn't care. So I wanted to find out, even though I was encouraging other people like my son's cousins, leave it alone, let it go, let God take care of it. And they didn't know that I was secretly like looking for these people and didn't care, had no fear. I had absolutely no fear at all. And actually one day I was at the park and this car rode up in me. I don't know what their intentions were, but I probably shocked them because I told them, you want to kill me? Go right ahead. You know, because I don't know who murdered my son, nor do I know why, the reason why. I have no idea. You know, and sometimes people think we know more than we know. And I have no idea why my son was murdered. None. And I know the prosecutor's office knows it, but they won't give me any information. So they always say to me, oh, we don't want to jeopardize the case. And actually, the night my son was murdered, there was a guy with him that was supposed to have been his friend. But when everybody asked this friend, so-called friend, what happened to my son? He claimed he wasn't with him. Then he got arrested for something else, and he wanted to sing like a canary. And I told my nephews, my nephews got really mad at me because I would, at first, he caught the guy, because my nephew had went looking for this guy, and he found him. And the guy told my nephew he didn't know what happened to my son, but everybody else said, he's lying. He knows if anybody, Jason was with anybody who was with him. So the guy was like a habitual offender. He kept committing crimes until one night he got arrested for something. And he reaches out to my nephew. And he wants my nephew to get hold of the detective because now he wants to talk about what happened to Jason. And I'm like, tell him to go to hell. And I didn't want to have anything to do with it because I'm like, you know, you're, my son got killed and you were supposed to be his friend and you left him alone to die in a car. And now you've gotten arrested for something else and you want to sing like a canary. Fuck you. That was my exact sentiment. And that's exactly what I told my nephew. Let his ass sit down in the jail cell and rot. Fuck him. And my nephew was pissed. He said to me, you need to tell because, I mean, you need to talk, talk to the detective and give him this guy's name so that justice can be served for my cousin. And him, two of my nephews, they kept riding me. But I'm like, fuck him. Fuck him. Let him sit in the jail. Let him fuck him up in jail. You know, because you're supposed to be your, his friend. And to me, friendship is more important. So if you, loyalty is more important. So if you walk away from my child and left him dying, to me, you're worse than the person who actually pulled the fucking trigger. And that was what my attitude was. And it took my nephews, like two of them, because then they teamed up and they kept calling me, ain't he do this, ain't he do that? You know, and eventually I did talk to the detective and gave the gave him the guy's name. And they're calling the guy and a, a witness. I call him an accomplice. Because how could you walk away from your dying friend? 
and leave them to die and not say anything and pretend like you know another person with friends like that who fucking needs enemies. That's my attitude. You know, so, but anyways, that's neither here nor there. But what I want to say is don't try to handle things on your own. Do the right thing. Get the um, help that you need because I wanted to handle everything on my own. And then I got to thinking, you know, this is somebody's child. And what if they're wrong? What if this isn't the person who killed my son? This has got to stop, you know? So when when other people were asking, it's like I always thought I was so strong and I would tell them the right thing because it was the right thing to do. But secretly, I had secrets. I was trying to figure this shit out on my own, you know? I wanted to know who took my son's life and I really wanted to take their life. And then I thought it through and I thought, can I deal with seeing somebody's blood splattered all over the wall? No, the fuck I can't. I don't ever want to see that. If it's self-defense, that's different. But for revenge, I don't want to see that. I don't ever want to see that, you know. And so I had to come to terms with that. If I think the person's going to get away with it. You know, I don't know what I'm going to do if I think the person's going to get away with it. Um, I don't know who killed my son, though. I don't know what the facts are. I do know that I believe that they thought my son was a narc, which he's not. He doesn't like the police. Not that he dislikes them. He doesn't have a criminal history because I told my son a long time ago, if the system is unfair, stay the fuck away from it. So it's not because he's a narc. It's because he knows that the system is unfair. And I told him, if you touch a hot stove and you burn your finger, you got to touch that stove again. So to me, people who whose kids keep going in and out of the system, in and out of the system, and they keep saying the system's unfair, that's no fucking excuse. If it's unfair, stay the fuck away from it. Does that make you a fucking narc? No. Because you could still realize that the system is unfair, but choose to stay away from it. And that's my son's story. You know, he knew that I wasn't going to be one of these. I don't like fucking jails. I spent eight days in jail for one time for some bullshit. Do I want to ever see a jail cell? Oh, fucking no. I don't want to see a jail cell. I don't want to go there to visit anybody either. So I told my son, you ever get locked up, you know, for something you did? Don't expect me to come and see you because I'm not. I have major phobia of, and it's not anything having control. I have anxiety of being locked in a jail cell. That's not what I want. You know, I worked with juveniles who were had been arrested for drugs or whatever. I was a youth manager. And at night, when we locked those cells down, those boys cried like fucking babies. You know, and that's just not something I want to live. I don't like being locked up. I don't like being told what I can do when I can do it. And I'm not fucking coming down to a jail cell to visit you. So does that make him a narc? No, because he's fully aware that the system is unfucking fair. So the ironic part about my son's case is the person who they thought was the narc wasn't the narc. It was the person who had been in and out of the system who was getting away with shit 
because he was narking on other people, but because my son didn't have an arrest record, they thought he was the fucking narc. You know, so I can't wait till that day comes where my son is exonerated. And that person's going to look like a fucking idiot. Because why? They killed the wrong fucking person. That's why. So if you want to kill somebody that's a narc, make sure that you have the right person. Do I think this is right? No. I don't think anybody should be killing anybody. Nobody has a right to take a life. You don't give people life. You don't have a right to take it. Who gives life, in my opinion, is God. So, anyways, that's my opinion. So now I got these hoodlums. That's what I call them, hoodlums. After me, I look up and I know that they're there because God gives me a discerning spirit. And when they're around me, I know it. But the police are protecting me. And maybe one day they won't be there to protect me. And that's okay. It'll be my time to go at that point. I'm not going to go seeking out trouble, though. So, anyways, I hope I've given you guys some information on what you need to do um, to help your loved ones to survive and to keep yourselves out of trouble. So, take care. And do the best you can do. Go ask for the help you need. Go to the workshops. Enlighten yourself. Use your voice to make a difference. Because, again, only 